can be found on uh, page 10 in the booklet, and it is um, 3 John, uh, the one and only book, or chapter in that book. The elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you, and that you may be in good health, as it goes well with your soul. For I rejoiced greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God, for they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like these, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. I have written something to the church, but Diotrephes, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge our authority. So if I come, I will bring up what he is doing, talking wicked nonsense against us. And not content with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers, and also stops those who want to and puts them out of the church. Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. We also add our testimony, and you know that our testimony is true. I had much to write to you, but I would rather not write with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon, and we will talk face to face. Peace be to you. The friends greet you. Greet the friends each by name. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Andy, by the way, for kind of messing up the lyrics there. There was one song that I came in three times incorrectly, so that made me feel so much better about myself, so I appreciate that. There's a great short story and movie called Babette's Feast. It's an older movie, and so you might have to go and find it, and it's actually a Dutch movie as well, so you have to be prepared for subtitles if you want to watch it. But Babette's Feast is this story of two sisters who were uh, brought up by a a preacher in in a very uh, conservative and... um, Uh, a a church that believed that you shouldn't have much adornment or uh, enjoyment in life. Definitely not like us. And um, he uh, he passed away, and so they were there. And then all of a sudden, this young woman named Babette from France shows up at their doorstep, and she has this letter, and it's about her coming to serve as a maid for them. And so slowly but surely, uh, over uh, about 14 years of living with them, she begins to add a little bit more flavor to their meals. So they had had bland meals, and she added flavor to those things. The only thing that Babette owned in the world was a lottery ticket that was renewed every year in France. And one year, she wins the lottery and gets 10,000 francs. And so she goes and gets that money, and she tells one of the people that she knows in the town, 
I want you to go to France and I want you to go to this store and buy this and I want you to go to this store and buy this. I want you to go here and buy this and bring it back to me here so that I can return uh, a gift of hospitality to the people who have cared for me that she had served as a, a maid and a cook for many years. I, I, I want to celebrate with them this win. I want to, I want to give them some taste of, of where I've come from. And so as they're preparing for the feast, the, about 10 other people who are involved in this church in the life of the, they, they have a quick meeting and say, this food looks amazing. There's amazing tastes that are going to come. There are things that we've never even heard of or seen. Let's make a commitment to one another that we're not going to say how much we enjoy it. Because they thought that would be sinful for them to do. But there was one man that was there who had been an army and had gone off into the army and then had experienced the world in a different way. And so he couldn't help but say how good this meal was, how amazing it was. And so he pushes into Babette in her story and he wants to know, how did you know how to do this? And we come to find out that she had been the lead chef of one of the most spectacular French restaurants. And that a serving for 12 people like she had just done would have cost 10,000 francs. And she had spent all of the lottery money to do that type of feast for them. Now when we hear that story, or we read that story, or we see it, it's a beautiful movie, our hearts, our minds, our spirits we go, wow. Or maybe you go, what a waste. I would dare say most of us go, wow. How amazing that is, this generosity upon generosity, this hospitality upon hospitality. Wouldn't it be great if we all sort of had that sort of a, a vibe if we all sort of had that sort of heart that, that would say, I will give everything. I, I don't care how much I've won. I'm going to have you enjoy it with me. And then we look out in the world. And if we're honest, we look into our own hearts. And we realize we might be more like a famous other book called Silas Marlar. Silas was miserly, and he kept everything that he could for himself. He didn't share out of the abundance that he had. We see a world that is filled with people who want me and mine, who seek after the first person, the most important person, which is their own selves and their own desires. And before we're too quick to judge that out there, we must also look at our own hearts and go, there are times and places where I will seek what I need and what I desire before I seek the needs and wants of others that I encounter or in around me. What we see in this one-hit wonder, this letter that John writes to Gaius, is he's commending him and he's also giving him an example of what else is happening in the church. And he's saying, you, Gaius, are walking in truth and love and hospitality. 
and there is somebody who is not. He's saying to guys, I will let you know how much I am thrilled. He, he puts it this way. There is no greater joy for me than to hear when my children are walking in the truth. Gaius is a, a man who is known now as someone who has received people who are brothers and sisters, but also are strangers, those he didn't know, who provided a space for them to rest and sleep. It's good for us to know that in this time and in this place, most inns in that part of the world were also, also brothels. And so for someone, as we see here, who is walking about telling the truth of who Jesus is, might not be the best place for them to stay. And so they needed to rely on the kindness of others who were walking in the truth. And so here they experienced that from Gaius, who says, what is mine is yours. Not just because I have more than I need, but because I walk in truth and love. And he lets them in and he sends them out on the way. And so there's guys that's there walking like Babette. But, but then we see about Diatris. And he is someone who, who does not want to welcome anyone. Even more so, it says that when others in the church are wanting to welcome others, he says to them, if you're going to do that, you can no longer be part of this church. Wow. His heart is the heart of the age that says, I'm the most important. His heart is the heart of the age that we must caution ourselves from, that we must watch ourselves from, that heart that says, I want to be first. I want to be seen. I want my needs met. And once my needs are met, then I'll maybe meet other people's needs. You see, it lets us know that he wants to put himself first. Then he does this little tricky thing. When he decides that he wants to be first, he realizes he must put down those who are first. <laughs> so the elder here, who is John, says, Gaius is spreading false rumors about us. He's saying things about us to put us down, to elevate himself. And you would think that for John, that would be the worst thing. You would think for John that he was putting him down and saying false things about him would be the worst thing. But this is how it's, how it's put. He says he's talking wicked nonsense against us. But he's not just content to do that. See, here's the second thing that he does. This is the even more egregious thing that he does. He doesn't welcome people. And when people who want to welcome people stand up, he puts them out of the church. Now, I want to be clear here. This is very black and white. This is very stark. There's a posture here of Gaius that is filled with truth and love and welcome. And there is a posture of uh, Diatrepis who is saying, 
There is only love for self. It is only my truth that matters. And I will not welcome anyone. It's so stark. John says this. Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. It comes right after he said these two things about these two people. Do not imitate evil, but imitate good. He's saying that those who have hearts that are only for themselves, those who are unwelcoming to those that are around them are those who do evil. Don't imitate them. And he's saying that to guys, but he's also saying it to the church because he wants them to know that while it might appear that this guy over here who has become so unwelcoming is a leader, he's not. So don't imitate him. Don't be like him. Be like Gaius. Or then he gives us another example of Demetrius and says he's received a good testimony. He's one that is doing good. And in this particular letter, in this little one-hit wonder, we can know that doing good means this. Walking in faith, in the truth, in love, and in hospitality. Humbly knowing who we are and what we've received. And being willing, willing to walk with open hands for those that are around us that we come in contact with. challenge that is. How hard it is for us to move into that place. Because sometimes we live in a mindset of scarcity that we just don't know that we'll have enough. And so I'm leery to give out more. <laughs> because what if all of a sudden I need that? What if I have an emergency that happens? Or what if something takes place? I don't want to be without. We put our trust in the thing and not the provider of that good thing. But how glorious and gracious is our God, the one who owns everything and possesses it all, that in Christ he gives it all and becomes nothing so that we can receive all that is from God. How glorious it is that the one who owns the cattle on a thousand hills and the one who can welcome us in because he owns it all is the one who humbly stands and knocks at the door of our hearts requesting entrance as if he needed to ask in Jesus. And so we are challenged in this one hit wonder, this letter to Gaius, to see the posture of our own heart, the beliefs that we hold that might keep us from walking in a place of hospitality. And so the first thing that we know is by recognizing God's graciousness and goodness and what he's given to us is we then can believe it 
and receive it. But then it moves from our head into our heart and into our gut. And so what does that look like? What does it mean for you and I today to walk as those who are in the truth, who are in love and in hospitality? Well, for some of you, it could mean that you are generous in your interactions with those that you disagree with. Hospitality could mean that when there is an argument that arises at work that is about something secondary or third or fourth or tenth, that you don't feel the need and desire to be proven right, but that you can let it go. That you can say, actually, I don't need to be seen and, and my point of view understood and accepted. I'm not saying on primary things. I'm not saying things of truth and justice. But I'm saying a, a salt shaker needs to be here versus over here. Oh, maybe that's not you. <laughs> or those of you that hung out at my house this week, the cup goes here in the dishwasher and not there. Maybe that's what it looks like for you to walk in love and truth and hospitality. Uh, maybe for some of you, it's that place that, that you've received a little extra and, and you have places of savings for emergency. But like these folks, you say, I want to send people out well who are doing the work in the kingdom. And, and so you give a little bit of that or more to those who are doing the work of the kingdom. You, you provide for them a little bit. Maybe it's you just grab a loaf of bread and some PB&J and you make sandwiches and you go out into King's Square, which is no longer King's Square and I can't remember the name of it right now. And you walk around and you give sandwiches out to those who are hungry. Maybe it's that on Sunday afternoons when your real desire, like mine, is to go home and take a nap, you wait a moment and you'll have lunch with somebody. I don't know what it looks like for you directly. I mean, if you want to know and you want me to help you, come and ask me afterwards. I'm happy to rule your life for you. <laughs> but I really don't. But what I know is that it doesn't just stay in our heads and our hearts. If we're really those who believe that God who owns everything gave up everything to be nothing so that we could become his children. And it changes our mind and our posture to know that nothing is ours but just a gift from God to bring him glory and expand kingdom to him, then there is things that we have to do with our feet and our hands. Because if it's just a philosophy, that doesn't do much good for the world or for our own hearts. And so I encourage you to think through, what does it mean to walk with faith and truth and love and hospitality?
What does it mean for me to step into that place? Is there a place of sacrifice that I have to do? That I give up buying this toy that I want in order to care for others within my community? Does it mean that, that I am more generous in my um, interactions with my children or my partner or my flatmates? Does it, does it mean that instead of um, uh, giving uh, or saving this little bit of money that I've been given, I give out of that to someone else who might be in need or someone who's doing the work in the kingdom that might need it. I just pray that you will walk with God and allow him to do that. I, I would also say this, don't just do that by yourself, but walk with others and have them pray that with you. Because one thing I've learned is that when I pray in my own self to figure out the things that I need to do that will please God, more often than not, there are things I would want to do. <laughs> and I need others to go, are you sure you're not just doing that out of selfishness? That's the reason why God has given us each other. Now, Babette, she finishes. She does all that she can. And they discover that that's what she's done. And the two sisters are, are like, but now, Babette, you will be poor the rest of your life. But she gets to stay with them and serve them. And at the very end, they talk about her going to heaven. <laughs> There's a little works mentality there that's not great. <laughs> and that she will serve the best meals that the angels have ever tasted. When we realize that we don't remain poor, but we receive all that God has given us, then we can walk in the place to sacrifice all for the glory of God. Let me pray for us. Father, you are good and all you do is good. You've given us good things. We thank you for this letter to Gaius and the challenge that it is for us to move into a place of hospitality, a place of giving. I just ask that you would guide each of our hearts as we walk together that we can challenge and encourage and push one another on to greater hospitality in truth and in love. Not just so that we'll be known, but that when people do talk about us, they'll say that that is a generous heart. It is in Jesus' name that makes that possible, we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing together.